0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Thank you, Lord. Can we lift our hands together and could we collectively just thank him for his power and his presence in this house? Aren't you thankful you're in church tonight? God, I'm so grateful to be in your presence in your house, surrounding ourselves, Lord, with such wonderful people. In the name of the Lord, amen. Thank you for being here tonight and thank you for the good uh, opportunity that we have given one another to let iron sharpen iron and his word affect our lives positively. We can't lose this evening. We can't lose because his word will change our life and uh, the only thing I have to do is open myself to that and let it happen. Amen, amen. Let's remember this coming Saturday night at 6 o'clock, our Christmas banquet at Sisters Cafe. We're looking forward to a good time of fellowship. And then I want to remind you again that on January the 1st, we're going to have our Commitment Sunday for 2017 for our global, for our missions altogether, excuse me, and our building fund. And uh, just be prayerfully considering what the Lord would allow you to do throughout our upcoming year. The Lord's been good to us. I said this Sunday if the lord can bless us individually forgiven and can bless our family forgiven then he certainly can bless our church for being a giving church and uh, so let's let the lord continue to bless because he doesn't just bless us in those two areas but he blesses us in a far broader spectrum than just that if you have your bibles i'm going to ask you to join me in the book of galatians chapter number 6 and uh, if you have if you have been around the Church, very long at all, or any at all, in your life. You probably have heard some of these scriptures talked about. If you haven't, I'm not going to be presumptuous tonight and assume that everyone would just know what we're going to talk about. So I want to be all inclusive, but I want to talk about something that for some may be a very familiar subject, but I pray that we can just allow God's hand to touch us. His spirit with a newness and a freshness and just underscore some important truths in our life. The book of Galatians chapter six and we're gonna begin reading at verse number seven and we'll read verse seven and eight. The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And tonight I'm gonna just title this what this passage of Scripture is often referred to and that is the law of the harvest. It is the law of the harvest. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. And so that is can be always in the minds of some looked at negatively, but I wanna look at it in both in both capacities tonight because I believe that it's a principle, and let's let the Spirit of God touch us together. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege that you have given me to teach your word this evening and for these wonderful people that stand here, and I'm asking you, God, tonight, to let your word just be the lamp that you promised that it would be and the light that it would be in our lives and illuminate our heart, not only our todays, but our tomorrows. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. You can be seated. One of the fundamental laws of nature is that we reap the same kind that we have sown. And so I I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but just bear with me so that all can understand. If a farmer plants wheat, he intends to harvest wheat. That's just what his intentions are. That is the law of the harvest. And so if we plant wheat, then we're not going to grow corn or oats or anything else. We're going to get exactly what we put in the ground. And um, that same thing is true in the the realm of not just human nature, but is also true in the realm of spiritual things as well. Probably in scripture, um, you know, I kind of try to shy away from broad too broad of terms like when you say there's no better example but uh, there there are many many examples but probably among some of the top examples of in scripture as far as reaping what you have sown would certainly be uh, found in the life of David David uh King David was a man whose life is marked by excessive highs and excessive lows and um I never, I never tire of reading personally about David or studying his life, reading anything about his life because you just find this uh, transparent illumination of humanness, just realness. And so I'm thankful for that. But if we look at just one part of David's life, um, at a time, the scripture says, when kings should have gone to battle, David stayed home and uh, that was his first mistake, and as is generally so, one mistake usually leads to another, to another, to another. And so we see this horrible unfolding and unveiling in the in the life of David. He has sown, uh, as he was home, he sees a lady by the name of Bathsheba bathing herself, desires her, and one thing leads to another, and a relationship is uh, the end result a child out of wedlock is another end result and then as it could not get any worse then David finds himself in a murder plot to take out the life of her husband and so here is a man who has sown lust and murder and according to scripture he would and indeed reap the same in his life but here's where the, the tables tilt just a little bit and this is what we must consider is that What began to unfold in the life of David didn't just affect David because it affected not only him, but it affected his children. It affects others around us. I know that many people are familiar somewhat with a portion of scripture found in 2 Samuel 12 and 7 after Nathan the prophet had confronted David about the story of a man and his sheep, a man and his lamb. And uh, when David, of course, David was a king by now, but David's real heartbeat was that of a shepherd. And so when Nathan, who I I truly believe knew what he was doing in the very beginning to even pose the question within the brackets and the framework of a man and his lamb, David desired to say that man must pay. And and Nathan said, thou art the man, thou art the man. And so we're familiar with that little passage of scripture or at least that portion of of verse number seven. But I wanna read just a little bit further for the sake of clarity. And let's go to 2 Samuel 12 and seven and we're gonna read a few scriptures here. And I want us to follow with, um, with careful consideration at how specific that God is speaking to David through the mouthpiece of Nathan. And the Bible says, and Nathan said to David, thou art the man Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, which we know is exactly true. Is that right? I anointed you king, and I delivered you from your nemesis. I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. And so it was far more than thou art the man. The Lord said, I made you a king, and I gave you everything. And if all that I gave you had not been enough, all you would have ever had to have done was ask me for more. And I would have given you your heart's desire." Amen, I would, have, I would have met that. Wherefore, verse number nine, wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son or before all men. This is not gonna be played out in the shadows. But what is coming your way, the world, or the world as you know it will see it. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun, before the sun, that's a broad statement, before the sun. We know that that prophecy came true from scripture, we also know that it is before the sun because we're still talking about this man and his dirty laundry tonight. Amen, amen. The sword, symbolic of violence, he said, is never gonna cease to be associated with your house. What you have done, you have set a fire and it has now burned right up to your own front door. We know that from scripture, as you continue to read the story of this portion of David's life, that David's own son committed these atrocious acts in public just as the Lord said it would happen. It was known to all men. This didn't play out somewhere else and someone heard about it through the rumor mill, but this played out literally on a housetop for all of Israel to see. Now, although David had been forgiven, sometimes people misunderstand the difference between forgiveness and the law of the harvest. The Lord had fully forgiven David and had restored and would further restore him back to his rightful position in the Lord. But what are we gonna do about this seed that's in the ground? Amen. What, what are we gonna do about the seed? The seed, once it falls to the ground, is just gonna do what seed does. It's gonna come up. And so David's sin would continue to produce fruit in the lives of other people, not just for a little while, but for generations to come. And I I understand uh, that this is a little bit, uh, well, a really a very troubling passage of scripture, but I refer to this to make a point, that the law of the harvest has a very broad um, impact on us negatively, certainly. And when we just pulled out one Bible character and and I've just hit a few highlights of the story but if I were to take a lot of time tonight, I could truly point out that everything Nathan said or that the Lord said through Nathan would happen to David certainly happened and it it affected many generations to come. But here is what I wanna continue to talk about this evening. Don't disconnect from me yet because I wanna tell you that just as sure as the law of the harvest can affect us negatively, it can also affect us that surely in a positive fashion for generations to come. So if we look back, I mentioned the farmer just a moment ago. If we look back at just the life of a farmer, if a man was a farmer and he primarily grew corn for a living, then everything about his farm would be related to that. Everything that he was growing, what he owned would be in line with that particular harvest. And so all of his planters and his plows and his equipment and his storage facilities, all of it would have a corn theme because he's a corn farmer. And he planted that seed, that corn seed, because he knows that according to the law of the harvest, if I plant corn, I'm gonna get corn in return. God has been good and and he keeps his promise in that regard. And so but what would it be and how chaotic would it be in the life of a farmer if you planted the seed but you didn't really know what was going to come up? How would you prepare for it? How would you ever align yourself for a harvest and if and if you planted corn and all of your equipment was bought and purchased and everything was set to be a corn farmer and some other crop just come bursting up through the soil? How in the world would you ever know? how to deal with that. And so, again, the the the, he's not worried about that. He's not worried about that at all. He understands that if I put this in the ground, this is exactly what's going to come up and we can't violate that because that's God's design. The Lord said this is what's going to happen and so God's law of the harvest prevents that. So in the same way, we too can be sure that whatever we plant, that's exactly what's going to come up. And so we don't always know exactly when that harvest is going to come and just exactly how it's going to be packaged, but we have great confidence. You know, um, today we're a little bit spoiled, and I'm, this is not anything brand new, but uh, not, not everybody today plants a garden and just uses seed because we, you don't have to buy the seed. You can just go to the hardware store or go to Lowe's and somewhere and somebody's already got you pretty well jump-started. But I can remember as just a, a young man in school, and I don't remember what uh, what class, but I remember the teacher's name was Mrs. Wimburn and we took butter beans to school, and we put them in a little Dixie cup, and we put them in a little bit of soil and a little bit of water, and we set them in the windowsill, and that was a pretty fascinating thing to watch that thing burst up through the soil, even before it even made... You could even see it visually. You could see that soil begin to break and and nudge forth because what you planted was going to come up. And so it's with great anticipation often that what we plant, we keep going back sometimes to see if it's breaking through the soil. And uh, I, I would tell you this tonight, that when we put good things in the ground, just as negatively as bad things can affect us in generations to come, I'm also thankful to know the power of good things and planting good seed, that this is not just gonna bless me today and not just gonna bless my family today, but I believe that it's gonna bless generations to come. The foundation of this law can be traced all the way back to the book of Genesis where we consider in the book of Genesis the natural course of reproduction in chapters one and 12 and on and on. At creation, God ordered everything to reproduce, and here's an interesting phrase, but a very accurate phrase, after his kind. It's going to reproduce after its kind, and so fish do not become reptiles, and monkeys do not become men, contrary to what some would try to teach us today this is a principle that has never been violated it has never been broken amen just as there is a principle of natural reproduction there's also a principle of spiritual reproduction the bible says in the book of john that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit of the spirit is spirit and so uh, what is born of flesh can never reproduce a spiritual thing or a spiritual life any more than a plant life can evolve into something else. And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned in the garden, he reaped the consequences of his actions, which according to scripture was spiritual death. That spiritual death resulted in a multitude of things, but one of those was the fellowship and the relationship that they enjoyed with the Lord. Now the Lord told them the day that you eat of this you shall you shall surely die. But according to what we see in scripture this was not a literal death. They didn't literally die, but they there was a spiritual death. Amen. And so uh, the the curse that come with this spiritual death was that now Adam the only thing you can produce are those of your kind. Amen. Now Adam you are a sinner. Amen, you are, you have a broken relationship with God and so as a sinner, you can only produce after your kind. That's what David was referring to in the 51st Psalm in verse five when David said, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I was reproduced after Adam and Adam can only produce after his kind. And so, when the psalmist states he was conceived in sin, he was acknowledging that I was not only born in sin, but I was born with a sin bent in my life. If I fall, I'm going to fall toward sin. I'm going to fall toward bad. I'm not going to just automatically fall toward good. Job wrote in the 15th chapter and the 14th verse, he said, What is man that he should be clean? and he which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous. Behold, he putteth no trust in his saints, yea, the heaven are not clean in his sight, and how much more abominable is and filthy is man, look at this last line, which drinketh iniquity like water. Think about that phrase. Job, Job understood that man was a sinner and he had a thirst for sin. There was a natural desire, a craving, a yearning for the things that were unhealthy and unspiritual, and so Adam. Uh, now, is we find tracing this all the way into the life of Job, now and to generations to come, that Job understood that there is a thirst and a desire in the heart of man that has to be that has to be reckoned with, and so apart from some divine intervention, apart from something that radically turns and twists and changes the complexion, Adam's sin is going to prevent man from ever reaping anything of spiritual value. Therefore, by receiving the gift of salvation, that's why it's so important that we have the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is not just a suggestion. We need to have the infilling of the Holy Ghost because without that, we cannot produce any spiritual fruit because it's not in the flesh. That that is born of flesh is flesh. Amen. We need something to be born in the spirit so that we can produce something in the spirit. Therefore, we receive the promises of the Lord according to Acts 2.38, the promise, the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That is when man is born again and we are born in the spirit. And that gives us, that and that alone gives us the ability to bear spiritual fruit. And so when Men reject the plan of God. When we reject the plan of God, and so just only the seeds of our fallen nature. Well, that is the harvest that is coming in. Now I know that some of us, if you're like, if you're like me, I've looked around sometimes, and I think I don't remember ever planting that.
0: <laughs>
1: Anybody ever saw something growing up at your front door, and you didn't remember dropping that in the ground at all? Well, certainly we've been there. Some of that is just called life and it's not just necessarily something we did and so I say that just to say this. There's enough going to come up on its own. Don't plant anymore. Don't plant anymore because we're going to have to deal with enough things that are just going to creep into our life as an end result of the fallen nature of man and so society, you know, society around us is always looking for a, a something to heal us, something to strengthen us and I'm not against some things, I'm not against everything that, that the world has to offer to help. There are some things that can help us, but nothing can help the spirit man, but the spirit, amen. We need to let the spirit of God touch us. That's the only thing that's gonna help us. And so Galatians 6 and 8, if we go back to that, the Bible says, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And so I have a choice of where I'm gonna be planting and what I'm gonna be planting. And so when we cooperate with the spirit of God, then we can begin to bear fruit, something of his nature, which produces things in us like godliness and and, and the list could go on and on, but things that have eternal benefits. And so I say, Lord, help us to understand the value of this law of the harvest. I wanna do everything that I possibly can every day of my life and every hour of every day to plant all the good seed that I can. I think about how many things that we read about in scripture in the lives of people that were touched and not just them, but generations behind them that were touched. How blessed Solomon was for David's sake. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting at all that I can go to heaven on somebody else's salvation. I'm not talking about that, but I'm just talking about that hand of blessing that is upon people's lives. And we can 't mistake uh, we can 't mistake sometimes the things that God is doing in someone 's life or just being their own shrewdness or their own ability, because I believe that while God has blessed the minds of, of many a man and a woman or mankind I say when I use the word man i 'm not just talking about men but how God has blessed the minds of mankind today. I know that there's one thing we can never ignore and that is the fact that there there are people that have laid so much seed in the ground that generations behind them have the hand of God upon them. I'm not talking about salvation, but I'm just talking about the hand of God, God's blessings upon them for generations to come. I'm gonna tell you when the scripture mentions leaving something for another generation behind us, always in scripture, it mentions not just to our children, but the scripture talks about leaving something for our children's children. Am I right? Some of you Bible book thumpers, amen, you Bible thumpers out there, amen, to your children's children. In other words, don't just leave a little bit, but leave something for multiple generations to come. Uh, Just get your mind off of carnal things right now and fleshly things and let's just think about that in the brackets of spirituality right now to leave something for our children's children. Amen, I think about the prayer warriors that have gone on before us that didn't really have maybe a lot by this world's standards but I'm gonna tell you they had a walk with God and they were planting seed every moment that they possibly could. Amen, they were asking the Lord to touch them. I, I am quickened. My spirit is quickened. And uh, and we, we have to certainly keep this within the context of the time. But Job, when we read about Job, how conscientious he was about his children, that Job would not only make sacrifices for himself, but he said, I'm gonna make sacrifices today in case my sons have sinned and they've not offered a sacrifice for their sin. I'm gonna offer some sacrifice, not just for me. In other words, I don't think Job came to the altar with... just barely enough for him to get by but he said I want to offer enough here that in case my sons have sinned and somehow failed to ask forgiveness I'm going to offer up something for them amen do you follow me in that thought tonight amen when I come to the house of God I and when it comes to the things of God I don't want to just barely bring a little handful of meal and hope that it's sufficient for me but I want to lay something in the ground amen for a generation behind me and a generation behind them to be able to be challenged and changed. David mentions that uh, about leaving something for a generation and then he says, and they will raise up children. Amen. Now he's referring to another generation behind them that's gonna hold on to something. They're gonna get this. They're gonna plant this in their heart. And so I pray that God would help us to understand the value of what we're doing. It scares me beyond the telling at how carelessly some people live and how they think that somehow or another we're not ever gonna have to pay for this or somewhere or another there's not gonna be a reckoning day but there will be a reckoning day because whatsoever a man soweth, that The key word, I don't want to get ahead of myself, amen. But that, that is the key word, shall he also reap. And so Galatians 6, 7, and 8 is the declaration of this. It's introduced to us with a very interesting warning. He said, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Amen, I think that is another way of saying, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Amen, deception can come from, Two sources, Satan, he actively attempts to blind the man, the minds of men toward God's truth and to the consequences of sin. So we have this one source of deception that can come our way that Satan is actively trying to blind our minds, not just to God's truth but also to the consequences to sin. It, it won't really matter that much but you may be surprised. I realize I'm going to speak to just a a select few here tonight and pardon me for that, but but I can remember when you were charged long-distance charges. Still, I can remember that way, 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 way back. And that you get your phone bill in and you're going, surely there's just absolutely no way. This cannot be true. Because we're looking at all this 47 cents, 52 cents, 26 cents, all these phones, there's no way. And how many people, don't raise your hand, have added those up month after month after month after month? and it was all there just a quarter at a time 50 cent at a time 37 cent at a time and after a while you're going wow and you're going you're going to have to stop calling your mother so much (laughs) what could you possibly be talking about for this long and all of a sudden minutes matter and then we remember when cell phones first come out and then the roaming charges you remember that oh oh, yeah five dollars to connect Three dollars a minute. You need to state your business. <laughs> None of this y- yakety yak. No, 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 no. Somebody answers the phone. When they say hello, you're already half. You're already full stride. You're in high range already, because we got to get this going. Uh, told this story many, many times that my dad never could understand the Roman charge thing. When my first cell phone, I had my first cell phone, my dad would call me and he'd say, what you doing? i said, say, well, right now I'm spending about $5 a minute talking to you. What are you doing? <laughs> right now, this is what I'm doing. That would seem like a real deal right now, wouldn't it? Amen. And so when it costs, we cannot understand the consequences of how much this is gonna cost. You just have no idea to weigh in and so Satan blinds our minds to think surely it couldn't be that much. It won't be that severe but I'm gonna tell you as graciously kind as God is to us, he is just that fierce in judgment. Amen. The second form of deception that we have to guard ourselves against is self and we can deceive ourselves, we can ignore the truth that has been revealed to us or that that we have received or think that God is not going to hold us accountable somehow for the choices that we make or the things that we do, but we couldn't be further from the truth. God is going to hold us accountable. Be not deceived, he said, God is not mocked. God doesn't permit anyone to disregard his principles and then live as we please, and then somehow escape the consequences that somehow we're just gonna navigate around that. It doesn't happen that way. Solomon kind of reiterates this in Proverbs 28 and 13. He said, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. I think it's important that we understand these two words being joined together, that we can't just confess our sins and do it again and confess and do it again and confess somewhere along the way. we got to forsake some things and say, you know what? I need you to heal, heal me and help me and forgive me, and I need you to deliver me, and I'm going to forsake this, and that was the old me, and this is not where uh, I'm going to be defined in my future. And so it's an, it's explained as an absolute this passage of scripture that we are given in Galatians is is an absolute whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he also reap. The word whatsoever makes this law all inclusive. Good, bad, anything in between. Whatever you put in the ground, that's what's coming out. It applies to anything. It applies to everything. The word, as I mentioned a moment ago, the word that, the word that also declares that we will reap insane kind. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Insane kind. That's what we're going to reap. Now, the law is positive in this regard that if we sow to the Spirit, then we are going to reap of the Spirit. And so you can't just see someone at harvest day and just think about how lucky they are. Wow, look at all that corn. Look at all this wheat. Look at all those watermelons. Look at all this hay. Look at all those barns that are full and just think, you must really be blessed. Well, they may be blessed. You may be right in that regard, but see, long before they harvested, they were planting. They were intentional about what they were doing and so if we sow evil, then we certainly are going to reap evil and if we sow to the flesh, then we are going to reap carnality and so there is this reckoning day and so just as we see the law in this positive light of reaping positive things and barns that are full, if we just use that as an illustration and then we also see chaos and calamity, we see things that happen in people's life and and uh, I, I want you to not necessarily let your mind run to any particular person, name, or personality, or event, but I'm gonna tell you that many times, my wife and I have talked about these things that have come upon people, and we have looked at one another, not judgmental, please don't take this statement wrong, and we have said, this is a storm we've been watching come for a long time. A long time. I want you to please don't misunderstand me. We weren't saying that, rubbing our hands together, grinning, Nothing could be further from the truth. But way over there on the horizon, you saw dark clouds decades ago because if you don't change this, there's a storm coming. So this storm just encroaches a little by little by little by little. and Then it looks like somebody's life just fell apart overnight. Not necessarily. Sometimes it was seed planted a long time ago and cultivated and planted again and again and again and again against everybody in the road that was waving their arms saying, turn around and go back I saw a, a little news clip today online uh, of a, a gentleman. This just seemed so bizarre. Uh, a, a man and his wife—they were in a truck and a fifth-wheel travel trailer of some sort—and they were on a road that you probably didn't need to be uh, almost in more than a Volkswagen little bug on. I mean, it was a big mountain road, just hairpin turns, and and so they had ran their uh, their their trailer off in a ditch, and people were stopped trying to help them pull out of this, and then I could see that in the video a little bit, I could see some parts dangling and hanging off of the trailer, but I couldn't really grasp the magnitude of of everything that was going on until someone panned the camera back, and they panned the camera back, and there was a little tunnel, and this man had ran a camel through the eye of a needle. (laughs) And he kept going. I was like... Wouldn't that be enough when you drug the air conditioner off and your awning off? Wasn't there somewhere, wasn't there the screeching and the breaking of glass and the people blowing horns? Wasn't somewhere along the way something going, hey, you might not need to be on this road. And we see that so often in the lives of people. They're just all kind of debris hanging off their life. And we are just saying, don't you, whoa, stop, don't you get it? There's something that needs to turn here, and there's something that needs to there's something that needs to to, to be redirected. And uh, the most amazing part, I'm not sure whatever happened after all of this, but the most amazing thing in the video, just to finish that, is when they finally got him pulled out of the ditch. He kept going. <laughs> I'm not sure what was around the next corner, but I feel satisfied. He had a little more than a frame and just a couple of wheels when he got to the end of the mountain. Somewhere the law of the harvest. You can't keep ignoring low bridge signs. You can't keep ignoring all this stuff and think that somehow it's just gonna all come out in the wash. It doesn't work that way. And if we sow indifference to God, if we sow indifference to his word, if we sow indifference to godly principles, we are going to reap The end result of that, insensitivity to his word, apathy about his spirit. If we just keep sowing to that, there's a harvest that comes in. Consider some illustrations of this from scripture. Psalms, David said this in chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate both Day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Verse four, the complexion changes. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so a person who can just constantly turns off or shuts out the word of God or the counsel of God's word or just good advice from the word of God, amen, and we make company with the world, then, then we, are, we are when we are disregarding all of that, there are some things that are going to be an end result of that, amen, and so we have to sow the word of God into our life, and. Amen. And and when we sow the word of God into our life, we begin to reap that harvest. And so we so if we sow ungodliness and unclean things, then we're going to reap that. David said also in the fifth chapter, verse number eleven, he said, "Destroy thou them, O God! Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out." In the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. Verse 11 says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because they defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. David said, Lord, I want you to honor this. And and God is certainly going to honor his word. Those that reject are going to be, the word of God are going to be destroyed many times by their own folly. Amen those who persist in their sinful ways are going to are going to one day bear the fruit of all that that all comes home to roost at some point. The person who sows an attitude of faith, obeying the word of God, obeying that putting God first in their life are going to reap those seasons of rejoicing. Amen. So I ask God to help us tonight. Amen that we sow in the right way. Here David in the 7th chapter said this verse 15 and 16. David said, he made a pit and digged it, and is fallen into the ditch which he made. Amen. It was of their own doing. his mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own plate. It's pretty plain language. They dug the pit that they fell in i I read that passage of scripture today and it reminded me of, of, uh, of the book of Esther. It reminded me the story of a man by the name of Haman and Mordecai. Haman said that I will build these gallows and we're going to hang Mordecai from these gallows. And little did he know, little did he know that while he was ordering men to build gallows to hang another man, that he himself would be the man to hang on those gallows. And so go ahead and build those things. Go ahead and construct them. Go ahead and order them to be so. But it may be to our own undoing. And so I pray God help me to make sure that I'm, I am planting the right thing and the right season. Solomon said in chapter 11, verses 18 and verse 18, he said, the wicked, the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. So those who sow those who sow wickedness busy themselves in the deceitful work, and it just promises one thing. It's all going to come home. It promises one thing, but it delivers something else. However, those that sow righteousness, the scripture called that a sure reward. They'll not be disappointed with the fruit of their labor. Solomon even referred to something that David had referred to earlier in, in Proverbs 26, 27: Whosoever diggeth a pit shall fall therein. And he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. Another translation said, he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. And so we gotta be very, very careful what we set loose in our lives because it may come back. Even Jesus speaks about this law, of the harvest in, in the New Testament many times, but certainly we find it, Specifically in the Beatitudes, he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I'm sure I'm, I feel confident I'm safe to make this statement. I want to give all the mercy I can because I need mercy every day, every day. Blessed are those, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I, I was thinking about this merciful and... uh uh, Lord, many, many years ago now, when brother, uh, brother and sister Arnold, the Pentecostals of Gainesville, were selling their old building and trying to relocate to their new facility, they had a another congregation that was interested in buying their building, and so they had gone through all of the motions, and and um, it was closing day. They were finally selling their old facility. And so they went to the closing, and when they were sitting in the closing, when they went through all of the hoops, and they said, we we need the money. And the people didn't have the money. Well, their attorneys just kind of went crazy. And Brother Arnold said, you guys need to calm down. He said, this man was exercising faith. (laughs) He believed to the last minute that somebody was going to come walking through that door with a check. And we can laugh him to scorn or how many of us said, I don't know if I'd have had that kind of faith. (laughs) Amen. Blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. I was thankful in that story. Someone was there to show some mercy. Before you all go nuts and want to start suing and all this kind of (laughs) other nonsense, we need to be merciful here. Merciful here. So whoever sows mercy, they're going to reap mercy. And so I want to be as merciful as I possibly can, because that's going to come home. Luke six and thirty-seven, the Bible says, Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Verse thirty-eight: Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And so we gotta be very, very careful what you sow because that's gonna come home. Amen. So you sow judgment, it's coming home. You sow condemnation, that's coming home. But you sow forgiveness, that's coming home. Sow some mercy, that's coming home. Verse 38 says, for with the same measure, that ye meet with all it, here's that again, that operative word, it shall be measured. It is once again after its kind. Every how you measure that out after its kind, it's coming back. That's the law of the harvest. You know, there there are countless testimonies that are sitting right here tonight of men and women, real people, living, breathing people I'm talking about, not just someone bound up in the pages of history that you have You have given to the Lord, if we want to just keep this in the context of giving, when you didn't even know what you were going to do yourself and God just brought that right back home to you. Time and time and time again. But there are those who just live for themselves. It's all about them. And really in the end, all they're going to realize is they've wasted their life because they've never invested in others. They've never invested in anything else. And so they have ultimately lost but a person who lives for the sake of the gospel, the kingdom, investing there, their time, their talent, their energy, even their finance. Amen, they realize that, amen, I have, I have laid up a treasure beyond this world. Amen, generations are still being affected by those. I'm, I believe with all of my heart that there are those in this building that generations before us had praying parents and grandparents and we're the benefactors of their prayer tonight, although death has long silenced their voice, but there was a seed pushed in the dirt and God said, I'm gonna allow that to come up and it's coming up in our lives and I'm thankful for that. I'm gonna ask you to stand. I read this story today and I'll close with this. If it's true, it's true. If it's not, there's still some truth to be found in principle. An old farmer who was about to die called his two sons to his, his bedside and said, he said, boys, my farm and the fields, they're yours. And they're to be shared in equal value. I'm even going to leave a little bit of money in the bank but he said the, however the bulk of my wealth is hidden in the ground it's not more than 18 inches from the surface but I can't remember the exact location so after the father passed his two sons set out to dig up every inch of ground in order to find the buried treasure they failed to find it but since they had gone to all the trouble to turn the soil they thought we might as well plant a crop which they did and got a good return. In the fall, as soon as they had the opportunity, they began once again to dig for that treasure, but they had no better results now than they had earlier. And again, since their fields were turned more thoroughly than any others around, they decided it's a great time to plant, and they reaped a better harvest than any of their neighboring farmers. Years after their search continued, it was only until they become... Older and wiser that they realize what their father really, really meant is that the treasure was buried there. I'm leaving you the farm. The treasure is just within a few inches of the soil. Amen. The treasure is there. You're going to have to be intentional if you get it. And these men got it. And so whether that's truth or principle tonight, I would tell you that there is a treasure if we'll just be intentional about tilling the soil because what we put in the ground that's what's going to come home to us amen and so I'm going to plant that in hopes and with great anticipation that it's coming back my way amen I wonder if you just make an altar right right there where you stand and I wonder if we could just ask the Lord to touch us we can begin at our own doorstep and ask God to bless us individually and help us to be conscientious in this and to bless us and touch us and, and open our eyes as a family and We can ask the Lord then to touch us as a church that we would be very conscientious for eternity's sake, that we would be very, very intentional about what we're doing because what I'm doing today, there's a harvest coming in from that. And I want to make sure that what I plant is something that I am wanting to sow. What I want, what I sow is something that I want to reap. That it's going to be a harvest worth a return. I'm asking you, Lord, tonight to touch every man, every woman, every young person in this building, that you would help us to understand the value and the principles of a law called the law of the harvest. That whatsoever a man soweth that... In like kind shall we also reap. And so I pray, God, that we will not just sow to the flesh and reap earthly things, but we will sow to the Spirit and allow the value and the benefit of your word to come to fruition in our lives. I'm asking you to touch us today. Amen. For eternity's sake, I pray that you touch us today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's serious business, ladies and gentlemen. Amen, I don't say that condescending. This is serious, serious, serious business. And so I pray, God, help me to be sober. Help me to be conscious about what I'm doing. Amen, because I I quote often the words of Brother Oliver Barnes who said, when you push one bean in the ground, you never just get one bean back. (laughs) You're gonna get just coming back in spades. And so I wanna be very careful, amen, that I plant the right thing. May the Lord bless you.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.